Welcome to Seeds of Awakening. Planting seeds of wisdom to nourish our souls. That was a very good... Uh, good. And, and your favorite podcast. <laughs> Perfect. Um, we're your hosts. My name is Kimberly Jacobson. And my name is Forrest Daniel Dwyer. And thank you always for listening. Um, we've had some really fun feedback lately from those who have listened to uh, the podcast and especially our Storytime episode, which was super fun yes we had a lot of fun some people liked it so we're gonna keep doing it i hope you were one of those people (laughs) (laughs) hope you didn't hate it um check out too we launched it on our website so there's an actual um story time page on our website where you can read all the stories that we do if you don't want to listen to them but you do want to read them and you can sign up for um, the newsletter which will pretty much just give you once a month our stories and any big updates um so this month the month of September, if who knows when you're listening, but the month of September is National Recovery Month. Yes. Um, and so we wanted to air this interview or this conversation in September. I also think today's also a very powerful day. People are, are feeling a lot of emotions and going through a lot, uh, particularly this time of year, as we remember September 11th. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we wanted to share this conversation. We sat down with Kelvin Young, who's a sound healer. He's based in Connecticut. And we have quite a lengthy conversation with him about his experience in long-term recovery and as well as his experience being incarcerated and Mm -hmm. the um, kind of the healing process that he went through and how sound healing and how kind of like overall health, plant-based eating helped him on this road to long-term recovery. Yeah, Kelvin, he actually has kind of a a wild story and um, got into, you know, was an addict uh, doing some really serious drugs uh, and then went went to prison um, and in prison started to learn a little bit about meditation and rehab and um, has kind of a a really awesome story of how he came out of that and has helped other people um, dive into sound healing and, and meditation to help with their recovery um, leads a a really awesome mission. And we know from talking to him that national recovery month is uh, near and dear to his heart. So we're really happy to promote it and, and um, help spread awareness. He's, he's got an awesome story. So we hope you enjoy. Yeah. And he's, you'll, you'll be able to tell he is so passionate (laughs) about just kind of sharing sound with others. And you'll just be able to feel that like right from the get go. And you know, hopefully we'd like to in the future maybe dive even deeper into his story and deeper into some some nitty gritty. But I hope you love this episode. Kelvin is pretty fascinating and very passionate about about what's helped him come this far. So enjoy. Thank you as always for listening. And as always, shout out to our friend Malachi for letting us use his single, The Woods. The Woods. So we are, we are sitting in a beautiful park that mm-hmm. came, we found by surprise with Kelvin Young. So thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and playing <laughs> your bowl for us. <laughs> <laughs> so talk, talk a little bit about what you brought today. 
Yeah, I just I bought a, I have a few uh, healing tools I have, but I, I particularly brought this um, metal bowl from Nepal, and it, it's a G note. Um, so the sounds that come out of this uh, particular bowl, the frequency that it emits, it's just very relaxing, calming, and soothing, and it really helps us to bring us to a place of inner peace and calmness and bring us back to uh, the present moment. And whatever we may be going through in that particular day, that particular moment, any time that we're going, that we're dealing with stress, we're dealing with tension, just playing the bowl, any you know Tibetan singing bowl, any Himalayan bowl um, that we may have to bring us back to that present awareness, that relaxation is so needed in our fast-paced modern-day society that we live in. And this particular note, I, I truly do love working with. Um, when I'm working with the metal bowls, I love this particular bowl. But I also work with different uh, crystal singing bowls mm -hmm. as well too, which um, it has a different uh, effect on, on on our consciousness as well too that I truly do love as well. Mm -hmm. So you have you have quite a, a background mm -hmm. in what brought you to sound. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of just we'll dial it way back and <laughs> so how did this come to be so how did you end up with sound i mean it's <laughs> it really kind of found me I, I i started off um you know always into music always uh, i used to dj mm -hmm. um back in the days and um you know music was always part of my my life and now I have an opportunity to offer sound healing um, to different people from all walks of life, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Um, but one of the things that really helped me and allowed me to dive deep into to sound was um, the fact that I'm a, I'm a person that's in long-term recovery, mm -hmm. which means I haven't used alcohol or any other drug uh, to deal with my emotional distress uh, since March 6, 2009. Awesome. And after many years of battling with depression, anxiety, and drug addiction, uh, I found freedom from, from alcohol, from marijuana, uh, from cocaine, uh, from heroin, and prescription opiates such as Oxycontin, Vicodins, and, and Percocets. And for me, I began my healing journey uh, in a drug treatment program within prison. And it was in this prison program I learned about the transformative powers of sound healing, meditation, yoga, uh, creative expressive arts like poetry and journaling. And, you know, I had a lot of misconceptions about yoga and meditation. And to be quite <laughs> blunt, <laughs> I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me practicing right. these yeah. modalities. So I didn't think it was for me. Thousand percent. Yes. <laughs> so I didn't think it was for me. But I knew the things I was doing prior to going to prison uh, wasn't working for me no more so I had to try I had to try something new and different and by utilizing meditation utilizing sound healing us utilizing yoga as a vehicle to go within because I truly do believe that healing begins from within I was able to find a sense of calmness and inner peace even being in a very hostile and restrictive environment mm -hmm. such as prison mm -hmm. uh, but most importantly I was able to understand the root causes of my experiences with addiction and from my lived experience, I learned that it was the unhealed, unprocessed emotional pain, um, the different trauma that I experienced in my life, the mm -hmm. toxic chronic stress was at the root of my addiction. So I was reaching for something outside of myself to find a sense of relief from that 
distress. And I found it in alcohol and marijuana and mm-hmm. cocaine and heroin and prescription drugs. And for me, they worked. Boy, did they work. Yeah, they worked very take well. Take away the pain. <laughs> they yeah. did that. You know, the mind-altering substances. So it, it took away the, the pain. And it worked for a very long time until it didn't work no more. And I got mm-hmm. caught up in that very vicious cycle of addiction. And I wasn't able to see the vicious cycle that I was in, but my loved ones, my family, my true friends was able to see that vicious cycle of addiction that I was, I was in. Mm-hmm. And once I was able to kind of see that from a, a perspective of, of understanding like why I was reaching for substances and, and, and behaviors um, outside of myself to deal with the emotional distress. It helped me to look at myself um, and life as, as, as a whole in a different um, different perspective. How, how much did yoga and meditation have a, an impact? In the beginning, there was just no awareness around even that you were in this vicious cycle mm-hmm. and then you start to find awareness. So is that awareness just simply because you were taken out of it and put in jail or is that mostly because you were able to find a place where you actually sat with yourself in meditation and sound or. And yeah, I believe it was the holistic practices that I yeah. started incorporating because, you know, I've been in prison a few times and, you know, I got out and did the same thing all yeah. over again. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that it was my desire and will to make the necessary changes was was powerful for me and once i was able to find these tools while incarcerated such as the meditation such Mm -hmm. as the yoga to really be able to to sit with myself and you know it's not for me it's not all it wasn't all love and light you know what i mean it was intense um it was it was it was very very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. sitting with those emotions sitting with those feelings that um that felt very raw yeah and all in me but I was able to to sit with them and having tools that's to keep me in the present moment, not only helped me to, to relieve stress and, and bring me to a place of, of calmness and inner peace, but I was able to sit with those raw human emotions that I label as uncomfortable for a very long time and as intense. And once I was able to really truly sit with them and feel those emotions, I was able to experience and witness the wisdom behind those emotions because behind those emotions that I label as uncomfortable or negative there was so much wisdom it just allowed me to appreciate all the emotions that I, that come through me and it was with until I, I found um, and started incorporating these holistic practices in my life I was able to to see that and to feel that and to to be okay with mm-hmm. that you know and it's a practice and it still is a practice for right. me and that's why they call you know yoga practice or <laughs> yeah. meditation practice yeah. or sound healing practice because it's a practice in life yeah so I'm so curious you were able you were able to open up to these tools and mm-hmm. to these resources while being in prison and I mean I think I can speak for both of us when it's like we're so naive to to that kind of experience Mm -hmm. so what was that dynamic like and you know you were able to to access these tools and actually implement them and use them do you notice like a lot of other people there with you were they also able to like use these tools Mm -hmm. for good or you know what was that experience like for you in while you were trying to anchor into these tools was there a lot you know going on around you that that made it really hard to sink in and like have your own practice or create your own practice in the beginning it was you know because you know regardless i was in this drug treatment program in in prison and it was a therapeutic setting so to speak but it still was prison you know so we're still dealing with all kinds of 
of of negative uh, low vibrational energy so therefore being in this in this place you know we had a lot of people that was incarcerated with me um you know talk you know very negative about um you know about yoga and the practices meditation you, you hear snickers you hear people um try to clown you or try to play you or try to say something smart or slick about these practices that we're, we're doing and you know the counselors and, and the staff they go home but we were there 24 yeah. 7 so we had to deal with the madness sometimes you know so therefore yeah. how do we not react when somebody's trying to talk slick to you while incarcerated you know and and again that was the perfect place to to be in because meditation allowed me to um not all the time but it really helped me to to build that resilience to really um, be able to be uh, mindful of how i'm feeling how um you know i, I have a, a couple choices where i could emotionally react to the situation or rationally respond to the situation how, how do you think being in prison actually affected that transition for you yeah in, in prison oftentimes a lot of us we have to wear masks we can't show our, our true feelings or our true emotion because um a lot of people look at the vulnerability as a sign of weakness mm -hmm. and showing signs of weakness being in prison um, sometimes that can um, lead to a negative consequence in your life right. uh, or in your experiences in prison. So therefore, people are just really, you know, showing these masks, you know, but once we're able to, to take off this mask and really do the work that we need to do and so we won't be part of that recidivism statistic, not coming back to prison again like I did for for, for many, many years and, and many other people, um, once you get that number and once you get that inmate number it's hard to it sticks with us right. into you know the day we die yeah. so they're easy to get in trouble but it's hard to get out of it you know and and just being mindful and utilizing tools that can help us to break that cycle of going in and out of, out of prison um was so important for us and you see a lot of people that used to joke and clown us about practicing yoga and meditation in prison they were signing up for it you know, right. and to be and to participate in it because they were seeing um, the difference in how we we um, how we walked while in, in prison, how we we carried ourselves yeah. while we was in prison. So people, you know, started taking it, and you know, you know, people, including myself, I I was mandated to take this this drug treatment program where I learned about yoga and meditation, and a lot of people just in it so we can get parole, you know, mm -hmm. but. I was doing it because I wanted to make some necessary changes in my life. I wanted to um, um, to not <laughs> keep going back and back to jail, but also I wanted to, um, you know, be the a man, the father that my daughter could look up to and be proud of. So I wanted to take advantage of every, every single program, every single um, service, every every modality that I was able to learn that I felt that was going to help me, to benefit me. Um, to be a better man, to be a better father, to be a better spiritual human being, um, I utilized it and, and took advantage of it while while I could. Was mm -hmm. there a moment when you started to feel like things shifted in terms of because in the reaction time mm -hmm. or changing emotional reaction versus uh, conscious reaction, and then also uh, in shifting your belief in the way that you were looking at yourself and the mentality that you thought was there kind of a, a moment or was it a gradual shift with this meditation and yeah it was gradual because you know it was, it was so subtle that i didn't you know it just started happening and you know um when you're in it you, you don't really notice it too much mm -hmm. you know what i mean you, you feel different but at the same time people that's 
that that know you or know how your mannerism was or how you respond to stuff when they started seeing a difference in you they'll tell that to you they'll mm-hmm. share that with you then i'm like okay yeah you're right i am responding differently i'm not reacting to that um situation or to that person in that in that way you know and it really helped when i the way i started feeling about myself once i felt started feeling much better about myself mm-hmm. um it really helped me to um appreciate life um, appreciate all the experiences around me but it was a, it was a subtle subtle like type of um, progress for mm-hmm. me you know it was just like a day by day by day by day and, and suddenly it's like wow you know the the changes in 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 you you know people was able to um to see that and, and to share that with me and it helped me to just kind of like okay yeah i must be um going in the right direction but um awesome. the feeling um that you get um and and when people like encourage you that just you know makes you feel even even more better you know what i mean and it makes you want to uh, continue doing what you're doing to help you to um to grow and to blossom you know so i work i i do some work um in a rehab center for mm-hmm. um just recovering um addiction mm-hmm. and and I so I know and I see kind of firsthand that there's a lot of stigma around addiction and there's also a lot of stigma I'm sure around um having been in prison. Mm-hmm. So how has that process been in this world in you know in yoga meditation sound how has that process been coming out and have you felt that stigma or have you felt more supported being involved in this world? Yeah, I, I, there was, you know, there's, there's a such thing called, you know, um, self stigma as well too, Ugh. you know. So therefore, yes. it's like <laughs> it's like when I'm coming out, okay, I'm I'm viewing myself, you know, and people often do this, view themselves as as um, a convicted felon, you know, or 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 um, you know, nobody's gonna hire me because I'm a convicted felon, or, you know, I have a, um, a criminal history, a criminal background, kind of got out of prison, so that that level of consciousness that could keep us back as well too yeah. but then the stigma that's associated with um with society and how they look at people that's um been incarcerated or people that's dealing with addi- t- different types of addif- addic- addictive states um and i think that's where language um plays a very important um part in this you know and i truly do believe and this is my belief that addiction is a human experience not a human identity. Because behind the so-called addict, behind the so-called alcoholic, is a human being, is a beautiful human being that experienced a significant amount of trauma, emotional distress, um, toxic chronic stress, and looking for a way of a relief from that distress. And we live in a society and a culture that condition us <laughs> to reach for something outside of ourselves yeah. when dealing with any type of pain, whether it's a physical pain or emotional pain. You know, as a kid growing up, when I was, you know, I had a headache or, or a toothache, whatever the case may be, and I was taught to reach for aspirin or a Tylenol. Mm-hmm. And I use a physical painkiller, such as the Oxycontin, the Vicodin, the Percocet, and deal with emotional pain. Right. And, and like I said, you know, before, it, it worked for a very long time until it didn't work. Being mindful, and when we say the word addict or alcoholic or convicted felon or 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 junkie, or all these different the, these different terminologies. When we say these these words, our image comes into our head, and it, it really dehumanizes um, the human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you and there's a reason why people reach for substance behavior. So we're not that particular experience. You know, we're the human being, and once we able to address the root causes 
of the experiences with addiction you know you know the addictive state or or you know the using of drugs or or our behavior to me that's just a, a symptom of it you know of trying to relieve that the root cause of that distress or that mm-hmm. trauma mm-hmm. or the toxic chronic stress you know that people are, are dealing with in life mm-hmm. so once we kind of remove uh, the labels um, that has a negative connotation to it once we remove that and really understand the person experience what they're going through why they're reaching for substances why they're going in and out of prison you know what is what is the root of this of their experience and once mm-hmm. you're able to address that we can humanize that because we all can relate to some type of emotional pain or distress or people dealing with trauma in their lives and you know they're just trying to find that outlet to to release that or trying to find um a way to kind of like deal with it and to society it might be maladaptive you know their their experience or how they handle the situation mm-hmm. but it's just a human being trying to find ways uh, to cope uh, with their their trauma their emotional pain their, their stress um high stress levels and you know once we we kind of address that and look at the human being aspect and the reason why they're doing something you know why um, they do these, you know, these experiences or using this type of drugs. Um, we, we can make it uh, more of a human um, experience uh, for for people. Yeah, it's and it's so interesting because I was just having a conversation about this yesterday, mm-hmm. and I I notice in working at that center, the the people that I work with are so like intuitive mm-hmm. and and very like. S- sensitive like Mm -hmm. sensory sensitive Mm -hmm. so (laughs) so like their ability to feel and to and to just really experience their senses is very very strong Mm. and so i was just having this discussion and it's almost like you know i feel lucky because i i grew up in an environment where I saw someone meditating Mm -hmm. or like I saw someone go to a Zen center or Mm -hmm. a church or, or I saw someone just stop and like breathe. Mm -hmm. And so I had, I saw those as choices. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up in an environment where it's like, okay, I'm having sensory overload. Mm -hmm. And I actually could see like, oh, I see that there's options. I see that there's like, okay, I could sit down and have a glass of wine or I could sit down and like, maybe just try meditating, (laughs) you know, but it's so, but so I see so many of these people and they, they're so tuned in, like Mm. they're so tapped into Mm -hmm. that, that higher self, like that spiritual side, Mm. but it's almost so overstimulating. Mm -hmm. But I feel as though many of them didn't have an upbringing where they saw the choices. Right. Or the choices were presented. Presented to them. You're right. This is so, it's so true, you know, and, um, Particularly in in communities of color, um, you know, we didn't use the word trauma. You know, it just it is what it is. You know, we we experience a, a significant amount of stuff, and it just you know just you know um, you know tough it out. You know, it, it just yeah. but but those experiences that we we seen or experienced, you know, it it, it shifted um, the way we 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 looked at life and in, in ourselves. You know, and those are traumatic experiences because it, it changes the way that we see the world, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, and having outlets to, um, to really talk about this, there's, there's a certain stigma in, in communities of color about, about therapy, you know, mm-hmm. so about, you know, going to a, um, a, a professional licensed um, psychotherapist to kind of help you to process um, so many emotions, you know, 
in the culture that I I, I live in and, and brought up, it, it's it's you know we we was kind of conditioned to keep it um, within the family and just deal with it by a lot of times suppressing it or, yeah. or taking mm-hmm. it to Jesus and pray about it, you yeah. know. But to me, I believe there's there's action need to be involved as well too. Or we suppress it and 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 use substances or or, or behaviors to kind of like to numb it, you know. So therefore, now by putting a face and 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 voice to these holistic practices, I'm knowing that okay, is you know, life is is gonna bring up some different challenges in our life, and mm-hmm. and it, it's okay, and it's okay to not be okay all the time. Mm-hmm. But there's different supports available to to support us. Um, on our healing journey, to have a conversation um, to a person that we trust to feel comfortable to be vulnerable and, and to share this stuff because it's so important that we, we have that outlet. We have um, people that's in our life, whether it's a professional um, support from a clinician, a therapist, or psychiatrist, or natural supports from our family and loved ones. We all need that support because I believe that connection is the cure for feelings of isolation, loneliness, and depression, and different other types of emotional distresses that we experience in our lives. So having somebody that we can process um, these experiences and, and these emotions um, in a healthy and therapeutic way is so is so important um, in our lives. And um, yeah, I believe wholeheartedly into to finding um, some type of, of support, whether it was your friends and family or loved ones or with, um, any type of clinical support yeah. yeah having healthy outlets right is yeah. so important and and you mentioned it's okay not being okay mm-hmm. and i think that's something too that sometimes that's that's a similar stigma like mm. people don't think it's okay not being okay and right. as you mentioned when you were in jail and you were trying to figure it all out like that's even though your awareness might be way up it just mm-hmm. you're more aware to some of the stuff that was traumatized right so then yeah. it just it's painful and so that's you have to understand like it's okay not to be okay which is a tough place to be in sometimes yeah now that you are, so you, you do sound healing mm-hmm. with um, all sorts of people and you do sound healing with people that are going through addiction or, mm-hmm. or recovering from addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is that like experience for them and, and how does that work? What do you focus on in terms of working with people in addiction uh, and sound healing and meditation? And, and is it mostly uh, just about raising the awareness and, and vibration or is there something else or another component that you kind of bring into it yeah like like really all of that you know it, it's um you know because i like to share my experience with them because it, it, it connects us mm-hmm. you know because to a similar um you know he, he's a person that have lived experience so right. he, he understands um with this experience and i see how walls come down um when they know that there's a connection there, right, that you nice. understand, you can relate to my experience. So the walls come down when I share my experience. Then I talk to them, um, and not in a, in a, um, um, like in like in a, um, a hierarchy type of experience where okay, I'm here to heal you. I'm here <laughs> to like. <laughs> you know um show you how it's done or nothing like that because you know we we learn from each other you know Mm -hmm. so i I get opportunity to connect with each person there if it's um appropriate size to share their name share a little bit about themselves what they enjoy doing um you know to to humanize um their experience because you know like i said before you know addiction is a human experience not an identity you know so let's move beyond um the addictive aspects of who are you as a human being and have an opportunity to connect with them. Then I share a little bit about sound healing, how it helps for, with me. And, you know, a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions, including myself for a long time about 
these holistic practices you yeah. know so you know they think it's you know woo woo just comes to yeah. mind you know uh, <laughs> it's just you know like oh, that's, I ain't doing that crap you know I what know. I mean it's, it's just that mentality <laughs> especially with sound yeah. I don't know I mean there's a, I know there's a bunch of things but p- I definitely run into the same thing where people are just like you're gonna heal me with a bowl <laughs> okay all right don't i supposed to eat out of that you know what I mean? <laughs> can we have snacks in it after yeah so i, I kind of generally kind of bring it towards holistic stress management mm-hmm. you know that's something they can relate to they can relate to um you know dealing with stress and tensions and and physical um physical pain and when I address it from that level, they're more open to to try the experience, you know. Mm-hmm. But if I get too esoteric, um, I'm them. I, I lose them, right. you know. So therefore, a thousand percent. Yeah. <laughs> With, so mm-hmm. without getting too esoteric here, um, <laughs> hopefully we don't no, lose I a like, bunch of people. I like that. Shit. But I know you two could nerd out on this. I just said a curiosity uh-huh. from your perspective is like. What is happening with sound healing? Mm-hmm. Um, I know you, you mentioned earlier when you played this bowl that it's a G note and that mm-hmm. their crystal bowls have a different effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know on kind of a base level, like there's energy going on mm-hmm. uh, and that's about it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what on a deeper level, what's really happening when we're working with sound healing? And Yeah, it, it's just like when, you know, I play this and it, it's a process of entrainment. When I entrain with the sounds and frequencies and the vibration from this bowl, and right now I'm in a in a state of of a beta state of of consciousness or or brainwave activities. But as I entrain with the bowls and the sounds, it, it takes me from the beta state down to um, an alpha state, which is a a relaxed state of 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 consciousness or brainwave activities. And some people will go even deeper into the theta state of brainwave activity, which is a more um, deeper uh, meditative state. And it's in that alpha a theta state, which is known as the, the healing state. Mm. Because when we relax, our bodies have a natural, innate ability uh, to heal itself. It, it's so, you know, so incredible. It's just mm-hmm. it's like if, if I cut my finger under the right conditions, it would heal itself, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but in a, in a fast-paced modern-day society that we live in, you know, we're, we're, we're constantly in a state of, of, of chronic stress. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we don't realize how, how much tension and stress that we're, we're under mm-hmm. until um, we have to, you know, and something happens and we have to make a, a doctor visit. And over, let's say, 85% of, of, of doctor visits um, are from stress-related, um, uh, chronic stress-related health conditions. So therefore, how do we help us to deal with, with our stress levels? Sound therapy is a great way for us to bring us to a place of relaxation where, where it calms our minds and relax our bodies and to truly nourish our souls. So when we get into the alpha uh, theta state, and it's a very relaxing, calm state, and when we're in a relaxed state, you know, our, our bodies can rejuvenate itself. It can... It can uh, repair mm-hmm. uh, certain uh, damaged t- uh, tissues within our bodies. Mm-hmm. It can regenerate um, so well. So, so utilizing the sounds and, and sharing it from that perspective, mm-hmm. how it helps us to relieve stress, um, physical pain, you know, muscle tension. It helps with with that. The vibration um, it helps to uh, to clear out any um, neck uh, energetic blockages we may have in our in our energy fields in our in our bodies. Um, it helps to release, um, sh- you know. Um, anxiety depression 
uh, post-traumatic stress, um, any sleep issues that we may be having, just listen to the sounds and bring us to a common and relaxed place. So you're saying, I just mm-hmm. simplifying my mind, is that the, the sound is actually helping us get to a state where we're much more relaxed mm-hmm. and then our body has a natural ability to, to heal, heal itself, yeah. when we're in a relaxed Black state. state. Perfect. That's perfect. Yes. Gold star. Gold star. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some sound <laughs> that's, that's, that's perfect, you know, and, you know, it, it stimulates and activates the parasympathetic nervous system, you know, mm-hmm. to really help us to bring us to that, that place of calmness and relaxation. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, we feel like we don't have that time to, to do that, whatever the case may be, or it was work, school, responsibilities that we have in life. A lot of times we, we feel like we're on that hamster wheel, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and but sound healing, just having a sound healing session, having a sound healing practice or going to a, a, a sound bath or going to a yoga class that has sound or, or a meditation class with sound. It's just whether it's 60 minutes or an hour, you know, and a half, two hours, whatever the case may be, what's that doing to our nervous, our, our, our nervous system? It's so soothing, so rejuvenating. So taking that time out of, of our day. Um, is is the act of self love really yeah. you know because self care is self love and self love is self care and when we do the things that honor and nurture ourselves mentally emotionally spiritually as well as physically it's a true act of of self love yeah I saw something you posted yeah. that made me laugh um, a little while ago it said if you think wellness is expensive mm. try illness right <laughs> <laughs> that's true I, you know. but I think uh, it's the same thing God, in terms of um, <laughs> you know it's it's so much it's hard to even put our we are so stimulated every day it mm-hmm. can be very hard to then program time into our day to be like I'm going to turn everything off and right. sit in silence or go to sound healing mm-hmm. um, but it's one of those things that we just have to start making a priority mm-hmm. because if we can help our body heal before it's really even in a trauma state we can help ourselves a lot, right? Absolutely, yes. You know, it re- really could if we have the opportunity to, to do that or, or make that opportunity, make self-care a priority in our life, just like anything else in our life that's um, we consider a, a priority. But it's so important that we we, um, we take personal responsibility for our own health uh, and well-being. Mm-hmm. And going to these different classes or doing, having a certain practice in our life, um, that's how we take our, our, our power back. That's how we empower ourselves mm-hmm. to take um, personal responsibility for our health and wellness um, by doing things that, that will bring us to a place of calmness and relaxation um, and less, less um, um, doctor visits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and something I do love about sound is like, there are so many practices now mm-hmm. that people have access to mm-hmm. whether you know it's it might be moving your body and it mm-hmm. might be more of a, like s- kind of stimulating more of the physical aspect and but i know for many people just like sitting there seated meditation and watching the breath like we live in such a stimulated mm-hmm. society mm-hmm. that dialing it way 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 back to nothing mm-hmm. like or just the breath is just too much right. for so many people <laughs> so true, yes. yeah and like not not everyone's comfortable place is the breath. Mm -hmm. So for people who are like, oh, well, I've always loved music Mm -hmm. or like sounding or singing or anything, Mm -hmm. like sound can can be that anchor so yeah. i love that like pick your sense yeah. because there's a modality for that. For that exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's so true. I also like what you said that people entrain to the sound. Mhm. 
So it's just something that you entrain to that your brain kind of automatically starts to say, okay, we can relax. That's right. Yeah. It goes into that, 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 that state, you know, even when we're sleeping, that's, you know, um, we could get to that, to that state as well too. Um, but sound, I, I believe it, it just brings us to that, that state much, much quicker and sound healing. You just really, you know, you really just focus in on the sounds, you know, most times uh, people lay on a mat or have zero, zero gravity chairs as well too. But people have opportunity just to bask in the vibrations and the frequencies of the sounds, and, and just really go on a on a on a journey within. And it just it it it, it could take people to um, a magical pl- place. But each person experience is, is different. And I like to talk about the the base aspects of what it could do to the mind and body, so people can relate to it. But a lot of people have different spiritual experiences, mm-hmm. different um, metaphysical experiences um, that. I encourage people to to experience for themselves and share their experience than me just kind of like sharing it for them, you yeah. know, because I could by me sharing about um, experience, uh, esoteric experience, they'd be like, OK, I'm not trying that, <laughs> you know, but the experience for themselves, they're like, wow, I want to try that again. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. yeah. So. I mean, you're definitely passionate right now about about working with people who are recovering from addiction. Mm-hmm. So d- do you feel that many of them are receptive to sound healing or does do you like do you feel like it sometimes takes some some coaxing or yeah. there's just <laughs> a total like no yeah. not happening. Yeah, um I, I go to different, you know, I work for um addiction treatment um center as, as well too and, and a lot of people are very open to it. Um but when I go to different um mental health and addiction uh, treatment centers Majority of people are, are open to it, but there's some people that's, you know, um, it, it's not for them. And mm-hmm. to me, that's okay. Yeah. You know, but, you know, their their body language is resistant, you know, their mindset is resistant. And, you know, that's that's their choice. But at least, you know, planting that seed, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And we're planting that seed of, of awareness or seeds of awakening. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> You know, for people, and you know, that's all that you know I could do for my end because it's up to the individual to nurture that seed, um, yeah. um, to water that seed, and to take care of that seed, and to allow that seed to blossom. But just just planting that seeds of of, of sound healing and, and and explaining to the benefits of sound healing what it can do, and sharing about my own personal lived experience how it helped me and many others that dealing with addictive states or dealing with emotional distress and I can help them to really calm and soothe their bodies and, and relax their minds. Um, it's something individual to um, either experience or find something that, that works for them mm-hmm. because I believe there's something that works for all of us. Um, yeah. But just having um, an opportunity to have our array of different modalities available to see what works and what is not for, for the individual. Yeah. So you have a book coming out. Yes. And <laughs> I think in in one post I read you describe it as a personal essay of mm-hmm. of your experience um, in prison and dealing with addiction mm-hmm. and then how you know how you've kind of transformed with sound healing as yeah. as your tool. Yeah, it's just um remarkable that um, I have opportunity to um, talk about my lived experience in, in print form and and you know special thanks to uh, Scott and Jane, um, my publishers, for you know just allowing me to um, express um, my life, my lived experience, and and they're using their creative and marketing 
um, talents um, to put this all together. And the name of the book is called Freedom Behind, um, Finding Freedom Behind Bars uh, Through Sound Healing. And just really talking about my experience, strength and hope uh, in recovery and, and how uh, holistic practice uh, such as sound healing, yoga, and meditation uh, has been beneficial for me in my life and helped me to change um, the direction that, I, that I'm going. And, you know, you're starting to see a lot of, of treatment centers, uh, mental health centers, is starting to incorporate more holistic practices into this system of care, which is a very, very beautiful thing, you know, because we're more than just our, our physical body. There's a mental, there's emotional, there's a spiritual essence to who we are as well, too. Mm-hmm. And holistic practice allows us to balance all aspects of who we are the totality of who we are and addressing addiction you know it, it, it's it's not just a physical um experience you know and, and a lot of times it's a spiritual disconnect you know and it's, it's a, di- dis- a disconnect um to a lot of things so therefore having tools that could bring us back uh, into that oneness um, back to that on um, the connectedness of, of who we are and sound has the power to transform the powers to do that you have a i mean you have a lot coming up and going on so yeah. you have <laughs> you have this book you're you're sharing um mm-hmm. and you might share most of it part of it might mm-hmm. come in segments yes. um <laughs> at least some of it in september mm-hmm. and then you're also a part of a documentary mm-hmm. that's coming out also like the beginning of September, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and September is National uh, Recovery Month. And we're, we're going to be celebrating recovery throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Um, there's over 24 million people that's in, in long-term recovery from alcohol and other drugs. I'm just so grateful to be one of them. And, you know, throughout... Um, you know, throughout the month, um, I'm part of a a film called Uprooting um, Addiction, where six um, people, you know, talk about their experience of incarceration, and we link in um, our experience with addiction with with trauma. So, you know, it, it explains how uh, trauma is at the root of of a lot of you know addictive states, and yeah. and you know, reaching for some something outside of ourselves to deal with that distress. So. You know, we're, we're talking about that, and we're celebrating recovery, we're celebrating life, but we, we, we're making an effort to address the root causes mm-hmm. of addiction um, instead of masking it or band-aiding it. It's so important that we address the root causes. So I'm so curious. This kind of sparks a question for, for me mm-hmm. of, and maybe you haven't, but I feel like maybe you have. <laughs> the kind of thought of this question is, like, it's beautiful, and it's so needed to be involved in the recovery process of addiction Mm -hmm. but have you thought or just kind of considered like how the world as a whole could be more proactive in giving tools before the addiction begins Mm, yeah it's it's um yeah i you know when i look at you know the state of of society and, and people's environments, people communities and the distress they experience, the chaos um, that we're, we're experiencing, um, not only in, t- in the United States, but abroad and, you know, the different types of pain that people experience. It makes sense that p- why people want to get high and yeah. use drugs, you <laughs> know what I mean? To <laughs> like, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we need a social recovery as yeah. well, too. You know, it, it's like it, it, it takes a community, it takes a village. Um, to really repair this, you know, and um, so like, you know, we look at how our society is and responsibility that we have 
as a whole to to address this um, because we a lot of us have addictive states things that that we find um, um, addictive or obsessive with you know and we demonize you know people that that find their outlets through crack cocaine or, or heroin or opiates you know but yet we kind of praise people that's that's workaholics so to speak you know they're yeah. working 60 70 80 hours a week and yet yeah they're providing for their funny their family and they're making making money um but they're neglecting their health they're, ne- they're neglecting their family mm-hmm. um and their loved ones um and and a lot of times including myself at one point in time when my mother was dealing with alzheimer's um, before she passed away, you know, I was working 60, 70 hours to not to feel that pain, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was using um, work as a way to, to numb um, the pain as well, too. You know, for some people, it's shopping. For some people, um, it's porn. Some people, it's sex. You know, so we all have something that we, we do, we have to kind of help us to to uh, numb the pain. Yeah. You know, so therefore, um, that makes sense, you know. So... You know, instead of asking the question, why the addiction, you know, let's ask the question, why the pain? Where's the pain coming from? Why are we feeling so much pain? And when we can address that issue and humanize a person's experience, you know, as, as a society, as a culture, um, as a whole, you know what I mean? We can stop, um, stop with, the, with the stigma and really help uh, people to really understand that, you know, we're all in this together. You know what I mean? This yeah. is a community effort and support that we need. Or even like, would it be so bad if we just felt it? Right. Like if we just stopped to feel it for a moment right. instead of like run away, right. run away from the pain. Yes. <laughs> In our society, you know, we we want instant gratification. You know, and there's a seem like there's a pill for everything. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the things that I've learned that it, it's. Um, you know, our organs don't know if it's a illicit drug such as cocaine or, or heroin or a prescription drug. You know, and allopathic medicine has its, its purpose in place in our, in our modern day society. Um, but I believe that we have to do two more to address the, the root causes. You know, and and really start calling uh, these pharmaceutical companies out mm-hmm. on their very deceitful mm-hmm. uh, marketing. Um, um, techniques, if you will, <laughs> um, that that help to to uh, feel the opiate epidemic that we're, we're in right now. And there's over 160, 176 people die a day, you know, from That's from um, from overdose, you know. And so this it's time for us to to hold these companies accountable uh, for the very deceitful marketing tactics that they use. Um, the flood um, drugs um, in our communities here in the United States, particularly. We always close mm-hmm. with three seeds. Three seeds of awakening. Okay. Seeds of awakening. Yeah, quick questions. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> what's one of your favorite books, either your favorite books or your favorite books to gift uh, gift to somebody? Hmm. Favorite. Most influential. I would have to say one of my most inf- influential books it's called um, We're All Doing Time by Bo Lozoff and um, I read it while I was doing time in prison. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> it was a perfect book to uh, to read while incarcerated and actually he his book is for mainly for people that's incarcerated but we're all doing time whether in, in prison or not um, if we're um, uh, mentally um, caged in and trapped to um, to our jobs or to um, um 
or any other things that keeps us mm-hmm. uh, prisoners of, of our own mind. Mm-hmm. So there, he talked about how you, you find that freedom. And he talks a lot about, about meditation and the chakras and energy centers within our bodies. And that was a very powerful and influential book for me. And by reading this book and by practicing these modalities, it really helped me to expand my, my consciousness in a, a very, very deep and profound way. Perfect. All doing time. Add it to the library. <laughs> <laughs> um, our second question: mm-hmm. If you had a billboard mm-hmm. that was that the entire world could see, so mm. it's on every major highway in the world, <laughs> um, what would that billboard say? Hmm. That's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be cool if you could just have it be a sound. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. right <laughs> i would have to say i would i would probably um put up you know when or, or just mention something like to the fact go when a when a body um is in a relaxed state it has a natural ability to to heal itself and i, I like to make that known um you know, throughout humanity, whereas, you know, the society that, you know, that we live in, this fast-paced society that we live in, it's so important that we take time to relax and unplug and mm-hmm. to um, find healing um, throughout our day. And um, a lot of times we, we forget that um, in the course of our, our day um, throughout our lives. Yeah. Mm. Like big bold letters. Relax. <laughs> Your body will heal. <laughs> and it will thank you. It will thank you. Exactly. <laughs> it will thank you. Um, this question, maybe you can think of it in two ways. One mm-hmm. is like, what advice would you give yourself uh, at a younger age, like your you know, 15 year old self? Or mm. what advice would you give somebody in a similar situation to you that's, that's kind of younger and coming up? and. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, my younger self, my younger self probably want to listen, because <laughs> 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 I'm one of those uh, Just very rebellious yeah. and yes. had to learn from my own lived experience, <laughs> yep. you know. So, but if I would have to say, say something to my younger self, even though he wanted to listen. <laughs> <laughs> he planted a seed. <laughs> he planted a seed, you know. Um, I will have to say to um, find ways to to truly love yourself, you know, and and know that love is our natural uh, state of being, you know. Um, and you know, we go through these experiences, and I believe that life is about learning, growing, and evolving. You know, and that whole experience brought me back to to love, the true essence of of love, and knowing that love is our natural state of being. And um, even though he'd have been like, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Just planting that seed. So, <laughs> so in the future, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I know what you're saying." You were right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the advice I would have to uh, or or. A recommendation I'll give to uh, another person is to um, to be yourself, um, to be yourself, you know, and, and have that knowledge of self. Who are you? You know, ask those questions. And once you know who you are, it's just to be you, unapologetically you. Awesome. And I know with the book, the documentary, the um, all of the stuff that you're doing, the sound healing, mm-hmm. 
um, people can find you, I think, on your website mm -hmm. and on Facebook, but um, we'll link them. But is there anywhere else that they can look you up, find you, read about you? Um, those, those are the best ways um, to um, connect with me on my website, um, calvinbyoung.com, um, on Facebook as well, too. Um, you can connect with me on facebook.com uh, slash Calvin, uh, Calvin B. Young. And um, I'm also on Instagram as well. You can find me as Vegan for Life. And um, we can talk yeah. about veganism, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been vegan for for six years. That's that's definitely helped me. Um, yeah, that's you incredible. Know, yeah, I believe what we consume in our body does affect our mental, emotional well being as well too. So plant based diet is 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 um the way to go for me. Yeah, I put it like that. <laughs> Perfect. Is your middle name start with a B? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're just also a cool be young. <laughs> be <laughs> young. Yeah. This is a question that's also very unrelated, but you said it earlier. Mm -hmm. What is a zero gravity chair? Oh, it's a um, it's a pretty cool chair. <laughs> it's um, it's a fancy word for a lawn chair. No, I was oh. kidding. <laughs> you did say it. I was like, do I need a zero gravity? Chair? <laughs> it's very yeah, cool. it's um, you know, it 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 lays back like a, you know, it's like a. Um, in a lawn chair where you lay back and you're, you know, you're, you're suspended, you know, in the air and, um, it's just a, a cool way to experience sound, but it's a great way to relax too, you know, so Perfect. it's like cool. a, a lawn, yeah. you know, chair, but <laughs> much, awesome. co much cooler. <laughs> <laughs> it's a leveled up it's lawn leveled. chair. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you very much for Thank you both. Thank, thank you so you. much. Yeah, I really appreciate being here and connect with both of you today. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. This month we sit down with Kelvin Young. This month we sit down with Kelvin Young. Who? Kelvin. Who? Kelvin. Who? Kelvin. Who's that man? <laughs> that is a little hit single from us and also a little snippet of what happens when we've been recording for too long. So you're welcome. Um, wanted to quickly end this podcast with something Kelvin shared with us um, while with our time together. It's a short poem he wrote. So enjoy that. I hope you guys enjoyed listening and talk to you in a few weeks. Later. The name of this poem that I wrote while in prison is called Eyes of a Silent Sun. Look into my eyes and tell me what you see. Is it a lost soul with no control trying to be free? As I look into the mirror and stare into my eyes, I see all the anger and self-hate, hypocrisy and lies. I see resentment, frustration, embarrassment and pain. I see jail bars and fancy cars as I cruise down memory lane. I see the feelings I repressed going back to childhood. I need to let go of those feelings. I would if I could. I see the hurt that I caused to the ones I love the most. I see my brother on his wedding day as we celebrate with a toast. I see the good and bad times that I experienced in my life, but it's so hard to let go of all that bitterness and strife. 
There's a sense of sadness when you look into my eyes, like the ones you see when a close relative dies. But this death is not physical, it has to do with the soul. It's that morbid feeling we get when our spiritual energy is low. It's like nothing matters anymore, like that day when I was fired. Feeling depressed and weak, can't sleep but I'm so tired. I'm tired of all the pain, the hurt, and the rain. From the cloud that keeps following me, sometimes I think I'm insane. But when I look out the window and see the beauty of the lake, it reminds me of good times, like when I was nine and things were fine. And with the sunrise, I can feel the presence of the creator. When I look out my window, I see me and the beauty of nature. I'm a part of God's creation, nature, and humanity. The love and spirit that's in Jesus is also in me. So I learned to love myself and others just for who we are. And I learned all about this love looking out my window with jail bars. Mm.